Welcome to another episode of the Woods Water Mizzou Podcast. I'm one your co Skeeter, and along with me as usual are Case and Cole. How are y'all doing? Good. Good. How are y'all? Well, fellas, uh, let's go ahead and recap the week of Mizzou. Uh, you know, we got out to that hot start, 16-3, and three, swept number two Kentucky to begin the year, and it is – uh, went south in a hurry on our Tigers and SEC play. We got swept over the weekend, run ruled on Friday, run ruled on Saturday, and lost, I believe, three to one Sunday. All that. Kentucky. Uh, initial thoughts or anything to say at this point? We have Vandy coming in this weekend, so it's not going to get easier for us anytime soon. No, um, you know, I was starting, I was a little worried last week watching the listening to the Illinois and Lindenwood games when uh, we won, but it really wasn't a decisive win and we were struggling and all those things kind of came together and more against Kentucky, who has become a pretty good program, uh, this, this season. Um, yeah, it just seems to me like we had a good hot start. We have good players. Um, we had a, a bunch of injuries and the team lost a little bit of its, uh, What's the word? Maybe not morale. They lost some momentum. You mojo. Know? Mojo. There you go. We lost mojo. And uh, that combined with the fact that if you just don't pitch to Luke Mann, that really hurts our offense. So, yeah, it's, it's a struggle right now. It's It really is kind of a shame because we started off so well in the season and SEC play, and we've kind of kind of fallen on hard times lately. Yeah, it seems like. Injuries have obviously kind of been the main headline. But if you get on, you know, the Mizzou website, metigers.com, and you look at under baseball, um, two of the games in Kentucky are – two of the headlines are Kentucky takes early and second straight win over number 25 Mizzou baseball. And the other one is five-run first inning propels Kentucky past number 25 Mizzou baseball. So what's different with that is obviously, you know, our opponent getting out to a hot start um, and then, you know, us trying to have having to attempt to battle back is uh, it, it seems like it's yeah. not really the recipe for success for us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I just want to give a quick update on the standings and then I'll, I'll say a point after that, but uh, Vandy, who we have this weekend, they are nine and zero. In conference play, uh, South Carolina, Kentucky, the two series we've been swept are both eight and one. So, out of their nine league games, they've only lost once each. So, they're no slouches uh, of teams. Uh, Florida, seven and two, and then LSU and Arkansas, six and three, uh, Tennessee, four and five. So, they've kind of rebounded since the sweep from us a little bit. Uh, then Mizzou, Alabama, and Auburn are all three and six. Texas A&M as well, three and six. And then you have the 
bottom. You've got Georgia, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State all sitting at one and eight. Uh, so both Mississippi schools got on the board in the win column over the weekend. But in the point I wanted to get to, uh, you know, Tennessee was highly touted. They're four and two in their two SEC series since us. Uh, but, you know, you look at South Carolina, eight and one, Kentucky, eight and one, and then Vandy, nine and oh. It's going to get easier for us after that, uh, after this weekend's series. Uh, I don't have the schedule pulled up and saying that just, but just the facts, you know, like, well, the, the next series after that's AM, then Bama. So, like, you know, we got a chance if we're still a good quality team, and I believe this is, uh, we've got a chance to get back going after this weekend. I mean, I, I do not want to see another sweep this weekend, but that's a tall task to, to beat Vandy. Yeah, they're good. They're a good program. Maybe the gold standard of SEC baseball programs. Um, but uh, so statistically, look at it. We uh, on at home are, uh, what is it, 11 and... Sorry, I'm the wrong part. 11 and 1 at home. This is where we get right, though. We got to take a game from Vanderbilt at home. I think yep. it's imperative they win one of these games, maybe two of them. It, we just seem to have a little more of the mojo at home than we do on the road. Yeah, and I'm kind of looking at our stat sheet here. Um, you know, our boy Ty Wilmsbrier uh, batting 296, uh, which, you know, isn't, isn't bad at all. Uh, Hank Zeisler batting 295. Uh, Justin Cologne hitting uh, 267. But then there's, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, five guys, uh, 185 or less. So not ideal. Um, it does seem like, you know, if we can get out to an early lead, then, you know, it's good to, obviously that's good. Like that's a very obvious yeah. point. But, you know, it, it I think it kind of increases the uh, overall vibe of the team. And you know, has them a little more comfortable and maybe more fluid in the batter's box. Yeah. I get uh, that. Case, do you have any great analytics for baseball like you did in basketball to where uh we tend to score more points when we make our shots? Yeah, we, we tend to score more runs, win more games when we uh we have a higher running average for runnings and scoring position. That's what I've noticed. I've noticed we leave a lot of guys in, on base. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I didn't watch the games this weekend, but I have my phone set to notify anytime the, the team uh, account tweets and it's Tigers leave bases loaded. Tigers strand two runners. Like it seemed like every inning this weekend, they, they were leaving somebody on base. So that yep. is a very good point. Um, I think a lot of it goes back to they're pitching around our biggest weapon. You know, yeah. Luke will get in those spots where he can make some, ha- ha- excuse me, make some havoc and has previously, but teams are just like walk him. And then, the, you know, next I can't carry him. Um, which is kind of disappointing because earlier in the season, he was protected pretty well. You know, yeah. guys like Bargo uh, and Hank would, would, you know, pick him up. So, I don't know. We need to get the bats going again. We also we need pitching to be what it was earlier in the year. 
we it's weird because we've played really good baseball this season in the SEC, and then we've played really bad baseball this season in the SEC. And the SEC schedule isn't really that deep yet. So we've kind of seen a, a Jekyll and Hyde already from this yeah. team. Well, <clears throat> we're not giving up on them. We still – I mean, there, there's still a lot of season out there. Um, the excitement has dropped off a little bit, but we're definitely still following along and, you know, we're in for the ride with them and, and can't wait to see them turn that corner and start winning a little bit more consistent. But yeah, I, I yeah. believe to, to wrap up the, you know, a nine game road stretch, which it wasn't, it wasn't even really like a, traditional road stretch where you know you go play three series you know from so you're going from like Starkville to uh, I don't even know Gainesville and then Columbia South Carolina no they went to Columbia South Carolina and then let's see they came back and played against Illinois Um, they went to St. Charles they actually stayed in St. Charles the whole week they never went back to Columbia right so it's like kind of a weird I don't know Mm -hmm. You know, schedule part. Um, maybe let's not do that again. Because then after they wrap maybe it up, let's not do that. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's just like <laughs> yeah, and I the get game, it. Against Lindenwood, or do they just play one against Lindenwood? One, but they yeah, they one, came right. back to St. Charles. They stayed in St. Charles, practiced at Lindenwood, not at Mizzou. Bust from Lindenwood to Illinois, then came back and played at Illinois, Lindenwood the next day. You're right. It was a really weird setup. Yeah, and they go to Kentucky, like, and then go to Kentucky. So they never, they never got to go back home to Columbia. Exactly. A couple days before, you know what I'm saying, though. Right, right. Back home now. Um, Bandy coming to town, and you know, hopefully, kind of right the ship with that. So, well, if you're able to, uh, I saw the the team tweeted out some promotions they're they're running this weekend to. Get people to stand, so go enjoy your Easter weekend out at, at the ballpark there and support them. It's going to uh, be a nice weekend for it. Yeah, seeing, seeing the fans out there uh, is not going to hurt, uh, you know, getting the mojo back. So show up and support and let them know you're, you're proud uh, of the Missouri Tiger regardless wins and losses. Uh, transitioning to basketball real quick. We've got a few uh, transfers out of the program. Uh, Ronnie DeGray, not really surprised. Uh, I know he he battled injuries, but he just never got back in the rotation, never got minutes back. Uh, I think Noah kind of played a part in that, that Noah Carter – showed to be a little bit more efficient on both ends of the floor. And so uh, maybe wasn't needed as much going forward. So he, he might be looking to get those minutes back elsewhere. And then I was a little shocked that Mohamed Diara uh, has entered the transfer portal. Was He kind of did the opposite of Ronnie DeGray. In the beginning of the year, we didn't see him. And then end of the year, he was very vital to the rotation. Uh, and definitely saw a lot of progression as the season played on with him. So, kind of, kind of hate to see him go. And 
Wish him well. Yeah, I agree. Um, man, I, I liked Mo, and I thought he was really coming along. I remember we got the double-double against uh, – or did he get close? He had a good game against Alabama. I remember thinking, man, a little more seasoning, and this guy's going to be a great five for us. So, yeah, disappointed to see him go. I really thought he was coming along, and I, I actually was kind of becoming a big fan of his play. Yeah, I mean, he was pretty raw when he came you know, to the to the program, I guess, under Coach Gates here at Mizzou. It, there were definitely peaks and valleys, you know, ups and downs with him to very frustrating parts where – I mean, we had that with other players on the team, too. I'm not just singling out Mah- or Muhammad. Um, but, yeah – you know, sad when you see any any player leave the uh, the you know program, but in this day and age of transfer portal and NIL, um, I don't I don't doubt that he's going to have a a home very soon. Um, and then with Ronnie DeGray, I mean, it stinks that he got injured, but you know that's just that's part of the game, and you know we're definitely appreciative of the uh, the time he gave the Tigers. Ronnie was actually a big a big bright spot in that Los Conzo season as well. He's one of the few guys that seemed like really stuck his yeah. nose in every play. And and even at the start of this year, he was our best perimeter defense guy for quite some time until he was hurt. Yeah. He uh he played it, he even started for a while. So I get it. I mean, coach is gonna want to, you know, try new guys, get new guys from the portal, and that's that's just kind of the life we live now in college sports. It's not like it was, you know, when we were kids when a guy came on your team and he was your guy for four years, you know? So this is definitely something that we got to get used to. And it is a bummer. It's a bummer seeing these guys leave. I think both were good players and I enjoyed having both of them on our team, but I think this is just life now for better or worse. Well, I don't think, uh, if you're a Mizzou fan, unless you just became a Mizzou fan this past season, uh, you have any reason to doubt this coaching staff and, and what they'll do to plug those holes and go forward with the team. Uh, I have full confidence in, in Coach Gates and Young and Smith-Peters and, you know, the, the whole staff that we're only going to get better. Yeah. Uh, we don't have any commitments since last week. Uh, still floating around. Uh Love out of North Carolina or transferring out, out of North Carolina and then uh, big man Sharp from Western Kentucky that uh, reports last year was he was a Mizzou Tiger and then he went back, withdrew his name from the transport portal and stayed another year at Western Kentucky. So uh, I believe we would all three agree. I haven't asked this with you all, but uh, finding that big man has got to be priority number one this offseason, right? Yeah, it's it's huge. We obviously rebounding was a problem for us last year and rim protection. So that's gotta be that's gotta be absolute uh priority number one right now. Yeah, I mean he was a not no pun intended, but he is a huge, you know not just for I, I don't want to say a huge target for us, but uh I mean the guy's seven five. I think if if I'm remembering my stats correctly, um I believe he was averaging like nine, ten boards a game, somewhere in there. So, I mean, you add that kind of production to – just think if we had that on the team this year. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. more often than not, we were – um, and, you know, which obviously rebounds lead to 
possessions and this, that, and the other. So, yeah, I mean, if they can add that kind of um, seven five, that's like unfathom, unfathomably tall. That's so tall. That's insane. <laughs> that's a like, joke. Yes, I know you're tall, like <laughs> six five, six six, somewhere there. Imagine being another foot taller than that. Right? Insane. insane. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just have him stand in front of the rim would be massive for us. Um, also, let's think about this. You get someone, it doesn't have to be Sharp. I know there are other names floating around. Um, it doesn't have to be just him. But Kobe Brown, I don't know if he's coming back or not. If he does, I got, I'm a lot of ifs here. We're in, a, we're in a season of ifs right now. Let's say so he does come back. We get that big man. Kobe had to overcompensate and play that 5-4 so much last year. He did a yeah. great job at it because he's a great basketball player. That's not what he's meant to do. Uh, you get someone there to do that job and let him do his actual job as that, you know, slasher slash score inside outside score. Uh, and then on defense, he can be the guy that he the backup guy kind of do what Noah did this year is that come in for the second chance rebounds. Man, that's going to make this team so much better. That that everything would flow so much better if you don't have Kobe Brown trying to do two jobs at once in the court. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, he could play like a true, you know position and you know sharp and um as of now it looks like majok is still staying with the program so you kind of rotate those guys in and out that'd be yeah that'd be huge. And speaking of majok he's a guy that i think he had good minutes versus tennessee and helped us win that game that's people don't talk about that a whole they lot did, yeah uh that's a guy with an i think a given off season he stays in the team i've heard he may go back to being a walk-on and a plain walk-on essentially uh that's a guy that's good to have around as well so there's help there. Uh, just quick date uh, as far as Colby Brown. Uh, he has till April 23rd to uh, submit for early entry for the NBA draft. Uh, there is a time period there, I believe, till uh, end of May or maybe beginning of June that. He can withdraw as long as he doesn't hire an agent and keep his college eligibility. But if he hires an agent, then he's gone. So yeah. uh, I know Gabe has said on other podcasts, he full expects him to test the NBA uh, workouts, combine, all that, and see what kind of grades and feedback he gets from it and, uh, depending on what he hears from them will make a huge difference on whether or not he comes back. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and if he decides to go out there and go to the NBA and get his money, man, I can't blame him. He, he, four yeah. years for us, you can't. He did. He was great for us. Uh, you're one injury away from losing it. Go ahead, Cole. I was, was going to say, it's, it's so weird anymore, you know, in the this age of – college basketball it's so rare to have a player stay four years and if he decides here i mean that's unheard yeah. of you know what i mean um yeah I, I want him to go test those waters and see where he's at and you know get your draft grade and all that good stuff but obviously i want him back too i mean they'd be love to have him back but that'd be incredible he owes us he owes us nothing as fans he's given us no. so much already uh still no word on Mosley either. Uh, so there, there's still a lot that can change with this roster. Uh, 
as of right now, we're not losing a lot. So kind of wait and see. And there'll be a lot more to talk about as we wait for next fall for uh, basketball practice to pick back up and beginning November start having games again. Yep. And then football, really no – no news spring balls done with and I've went and read articles and uh did see uh reports that the defense showed out in the spring game that they dominated. They only gave up two touchdowns uh in the spring scrimmage that was held in, in the indoor facility. So uh sounds like they're still in mid season form and uh not having Brady Cook and having you know, Sam Horn had the forearm strain the week before with baseball before spring ball started. Garcia is new to the program. The JUCO transfers new to the program. So them not having a full grasp of the playbook, uh, you would hope the defense would shine in that. And from the reports I read that they did. So, uh, you know, I mean, any football thoughts you want to throw in there? Man, I said it last time. I guess I'll say it again, but I just keep thinking about this. Is I'm doing all the you know investigative work I can. I can't make heads or tails of who the top quarterback is right now. And we know that may get opened up more come summer camp, but uh, I watch all these highlights and I'm seeing just I'm seeing Garcia, I'm seeing Horn, and I'm seeing Liable as much as I'm seeing in, with the ones as much as everyone. So uh, that's something to watch, man. That this is crazy. We've got three potential starters, and one of them—that's not including Brady Cook, who wasn't there, who started for us last year. So, uh, I mean, we get real fresh at the quarterback position. I understand. I get it. But, uh, man, this is crazy. There could be—we don't know. There could be one of four guys starting. We don't know who it is yet. Yeah, and one thing I like about us, you know, historic under the Drinkwitz era, us doing our spring game and spring practices so early. It seems like I don't want to say that they're the staff is like going through the motions because I don't think that's the case at all. But they're you know evaluating the talent that they have in house, you know, as as the uh, you know as the moment's going on, and then they you know take whatever they've gathered from spring practice and almost seem like they get a jump start on recruiting for the transfer portal, um, which I think is huge because then they've done a bunch of different recruiting events, I believe, or you know hosted recruits. Um, within the periods that they're allowed to during, you know, other times when teams are in practices. So it really seems like taking focus on the portal. Yeah. You know what? In today's way of recruiting is that, is that's not a bad idea. Like you're right. That might be the way to go. You know, when we're going to get out recruited on freshmen by majority of the SEC, maybe we should be out recruiting the transfer portal. Right, and I mean, it worked out for him last year. I mean, look at the defense yeah. last year; it it worked out very, very well. So, obviously, something's working. Um, you know, defensively, get the offense up to speed, and with you know Coach Moore on staff now, it seems like that might actually happen. Yeah, love. I love that. Can I add one thing about football that's not really about football in the field? Go ahead. Uh, so I'm a I I know me and Cole are season ticket holders. My tickets change a little bit. I sit up in the tiger deck. That's like the upper deck um, above the student section. And my tickets have always been notoriously cheap. That's why I first became a season ticket holder. 
because it was just like, oh, that's too good of a deal to pass up. They this year they got rid of the TSF Foundation, so I don't have to pay a donation in TSF, but they raised my prices by the same amount, so it's the same amount of money. But what they did was now anyone up in those seats gets a complimentary, so included with your ticket, soda, hot dog, and popcorn. Which uh, I'll be honest, I buy my seats and then sometimes I'll go sit with my buddy who has uh, open seats next to him. Um, but now I think uh, I'm gonna have to go to my seats at least once to get the free snacks. And yeah, if you're probably exactly. thinking like that's not a big deal, who cares? My wife, who I have to beg to go to games, I told her that, and she's like, "Oh hell yeah!" Yes. <laughs> she's like, "We're getting free food. We're gonna tailgate, get snacks, then go in and get more snacks." She's like, "Yes." So if anyone in the front office is listening, here's that great job. I love it. My wife loves it. I she always like fights me on renewing my season tickets, and then she, she's like, "Oh yeah, dude, renew them. This is great." Right. Well, you, you know, drink wits and the DA listen weekly to our shows. They are <laughs> uh, devoted listeners of the Woods Water Mizzou. I don't know about uh, that, but if there's one dude in there who's a turkey hunter, a deer hunter, a fisherman who's like, man, I listen to this podcast. If you heard this, I thank you to you and your crew, buddy. I, I did want to add in the article I was reading, uh, Darius Robinson has moved to outside D-line. He's defensive end. Uh, I, I don't know if y'all were aware of that. You know, he uh, defensive tackle for us last well, the last couple of years. But yeah. they're moving to defensive end, and supposedly had a really uh, good showing in the spring game there. So I uh, thought that was a little interesting. Yeah, I did when, hear that. Yeah, and I'm, I, ahead, I, I'm sorry. Um, I met D Rob once, and it was a uh, during the uniform reveal. They came out to the airport. Uh, one of the hangars in there has a massive. I'm sure you saw it on the uh, the. Military appreciation game. They wore uh, like black tops, gold bottom, and then a, a traditional helmet, but they had a certain special emblem on it or whatever. Um, but yeah, when I saw DR for the first time, I'm like, dude, it's crazy. He does not look like an interior lineman. He most certainly looks like a defensive end. And yeah, I mean, it's it's good to you know add depth to the the interior defensive line. Last year, we were pretty stout at, and that the ends were something that we were lacking. So. Maybe they realized that, you know, we were a little hollow in the, on the depth chart in that area and yeah, pushed them outside. So, well, I totally agree with that. I am almost a little concerned because I saw the same thing happen with my Kansas City Chiefs two years ago. We took Chris Jones, who is one of uh, maybe the second best defensive tackle in the league behind Aaron Donald. And we moved him to defensive end because we just did not have any defensive ends. And what ended up happening was we got worse defensive end and we got okay at def- or yeah we got worse defensive tackle and just okay at defensive end because kind of playing out of position. And I worry that's not happening here because he's so good in inside. He's you know just wrecks havoc in there. Um, I fear putting him out there and maybe will maybe he'll be great. But I still I I want to make sure that we're not uh, moving to a spot where he's not as good and settling for that as opposed to being great on the inside. I'd agree with that. Yeah. I'd have one more thing. Uh, by the time this podcast drops on April 5th, um, the uncut was the uncut diamonds, right? Yeah. Yes. It comes out tomorrow. Yeah. So by the time this launches tomorrow morning, 
uh, or, you know, the morning of the fifth or whatever, that will be live. And I'm stoked. Like just the trailer that they put out with J Mac and D Rob, Luther Burden, um, Marcus Golden. I'm trying to think of the fifth person that had on there, but those are the four that come to my head immediately. That's, that's going to be huge to like, uh, look to the program for, you know, as fans and viewers of, of football and Mizzou athletics, it's, I think that's a great job, not only by the creative team who does not get enough love and appreciation for what they do. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a great production. Yeah. I'm actually very excited for that. Like I'm more excited about that than people are about Netflix series is coming out. Yeah. Um, like this, this is big for me. Like, Yeah. But uh, man, you mentioned the shout out to the creative team, which I totally agree because this is that's something this new regime has has kind of brought in that we don't talk about a lot. Is um, and I don't no offense anyone was on that, but I mean, we just did not have the best content, uh, you know, five six years ago. Maybe five, you know what I'm talking about like it seemed like it was hard to you know get too much rich insider information and cool videos, and this is what we're wanting like this kind of documentary series this is going to be really cool i think it's going to be a lot of people excited and for someone who just you know devours mizzou content this is exactly what i wanted from our team yeah it's it, it helps across the board uh I, it can only help in recruiting too i feel so uh, love it I can't can't get enough football uh here we are beginning of april football season has been done with for months and we could still spend half the show talking about football so yeah uh, just softball uh lost the series to alabama but they did run rule the tide sunday to salvage a little bit of pride there uh hopefully and get them back uh or just going in SEC play. I know going into the weekend series, they were one and eight. So I believe that should put them at two and 10 in league play now. Uh, so not, not the season they were hoping for there, but maybe that win Sunday will spark something a little bit further. Yeah. Turn around a little bit because we know they're capable of being a really good team. Yeah. And then that leads us to outdoors and uh, my young intern five. And so I was caught up on daddy duty and birthday stuff over the weekend. So I didn't get a whole lot of outdoor activity in, but uh, Cole, it looks like you visited the aquarium there, huh? <laughs> I did. Um, we uh, teamed up with some friends and went out uh to let's see howard county um just north and west of columbia and went out to a private pond and took my daughter and linked up with a buddy of mine who's got a uh, a son that's close to my daughter's age and yeah she caught her first fish which i'm stoked about a good uh, i think about a 13 and a half inch black crappie um but yeah we slayed them we crappie were hitting um the landowner wanted us to do a little bit of uh culling on some of his largemouth population um, in an effort to grow bigger largemouth. Um, so, yeah, we we filled the freezer up. Uh, we caught about 40 fish, and it's a great time. Love that. Love a good day like that, man. That's right. 
Chase, I called you it. Sunday. And, you uh, you, fishing. Yeah, you you were fishing. So uh, how how'd you turn out there? I went to my, my family pond we got. Uh, and so this it was, I'm a little concerned. I'll tell you why. Maybe some listeners here, they can hit me back up. Uh, this pond we stocked three years ago when we built it. And uh, man, for the last two years, you couldn't, it was great. You, you know, every, every third or fourth cast, you're pulling something in. And I even had, I even had like three or four really nice bass in there that would catch from time to time. I'm excited about seeing them. Uh, you're good, buddy. Um, this year, man, we are, no one's caught anything out of it. No one in the family's caught a thing out of there. And we're a little concerned about that. Um, you know, like they don't just vanish, but you know, what happened to them? Um, we had a really bad, do what you didn't give Cole the coordinates of the pond. Uh, <laughs> Cole caught them all. Yeah, cleaned the bad boy out. I did. Yeah, uh, sorry about that. <laughs> so, multiple things that worry me is we've had this is a little private family pond we got. We've had multiple break ins last year. It was, it was like a, a sick joke at a certain point. It was happening every other week. Um, I'm talking like a couple kids got in their four wheelers and tore a bunch of stuff up. Next week, my grandpa goes back there, and uh, there's a guy camping out next to there, like he lit, like he can just be there. Uh, some kid in his truck went back there and rutted it up. Uh, so who knows what people are going back there and doing? Um, uh, also, we had like a man. I'm, I'm, I mean, I can't think of the name for it, and that's that's on me. Uh, some kind of not moss, maybe like a vine that grows from the bottom to the top of the pond, and then puts like that thick algae or all, all the way across it. And I worry that may have killed off the fish population. So if anyone manages a pond or knows anything about that, uh, DM me or hit up the show. Let me know. Cause yeah, I'll get, not... you in, I'll get oh, you in touch with my dad. Next time you're out there, you have to send me a picture of it and I'll we'll show do. it to him. Dad's been, um, mentioned it again. I feel like I mentioned it weekly now that we're in fishing season, but retired just, and he's actually helped out a bunch of family friends of ours and, you know, just acquaintances that let us fish their ponds and, you know, it's starting to become, you know, overgrown with uh, either duckweed or coontail or um, is it like, uh, does it almost look like a pine branch that's grown up from the bottom of the water? Or not pine branch, but like a cedar, you know, uh, kind of like a Christmas tree type. Not quite. You know, plant. it might be duckweeds. Yeah, duckweeds like that little, little teeny tiny stuff that l- lays like a like a green carpet almost. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I'm just Google. Yeah, it's duckweed. I remember from last year. It's duckweed we're trying to get rid of. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll get with you on some stuff like that because there's some things that you can do. Um, I don't think that it's huge on, uh, you know, degrading the fish numbers. But yeah, there's some stuff that you can do to it. And I mean, a lot of it is, unless you're on top of it, there's not a whole lot you can do. Uh, because, you know, if you got ducks or geese or whatever that's has that on their body and then they land in your lake or your pond or whatever, well, then boom, they spread it. And then it, you know, pond yeah. and pond, you know, different body of water that they go to, they just continue to spread that stuff. Hence the name duckweed. So, um, yeah, there's a couple different things you can do. Some of it's good for, you know, spawn habitat. What did you guys stock it with? Uh, crappie, uh, crappie, uh, bluegill and bass. Okay. And were they all, you put them in there? Yeah. Okay. That may have happened is your bass, you know, crappie are 
a they do best in cold water cold mm-hmm. deep water um bass as we know are <laughs> they'll eat anything any time of year just about and so you know if your bass were even just slightly larger than the crappie or the bluegill um you may have some really big bass and you know very s- small if any uh bluegill and crappie so yeah it may just be you know something that you try and go out and catch you know fish again and yeah. kind of do a uh, population survey like that that's a good point i didn't think about that i for any people listening my since i i did not stock this one that was all my other uh part of the family i just use it but uh yeah i i was surprised when they put bass in there but um they actually didn't tell me they put bass in there i just have caught bass out of there so i know for a fact they exist in the pond yeah and a lot of times you know people people will have you know bass in a lake and they're like oh you know we want some crappie in there so they'll you know go to Orschlands or Track Supply or whatever your, you know, farm and outdoor store is and go to fish days and buy X amount of crappie and bluegill fry or even, the, you know, anything like that. And then they put them in their pond or lake and well, uh, guess what you just did? You just fed your bass. So, fed the bass. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, I guess my advice to you would be keep fishing it and try and get some sort of population study out of it. Absolutely. Darn, just what you need, another excuse to go fishing, huh? Well, yeah, now I'm excited about it. There's big bass in there, maybe. It's lucky. That's all right. Well, fellas, uh, over the weekend, the state had the youth turkey hunt. Uh, youngins did pretty good. They brought home 2,550 birds. Uh, I know you all said Saturday's weather wasn't ideal. Uh, but Sunday it turned out a little bit better and, uh, top County for the state over the weekend was Osage where 71 birds were taken. So, uh, just East of Jeff city, I believe is Osage County. Yep. Yeah. But that, that's I would good. not have guessed, I would not have guessed that County was, I would have guessed Franklin or Callaway. But, Franklin's uh, usually the top of every harvest report for the state, but yeah, it, it, yeah, it is. Here surprised me. Uh, and y'all have let's see, today is the fourth, so you have thirteen days, uh, a little less than two weeks, and it'll be y'all's turn. Yep, it's on the calendar, man. Uh, it's on the calendar. Down. I got some new camo coming. I'm stoked. So yep. stoked. You know what? I spent so much money on camera the last couple of years. I went to went to my went to Rogers on Friday with the wife and I was like, I don't think I don't think I need anything. And she's like, Wow, I've never I've never heard that come out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one I went with um uh Veil camo. Um I went with them. They have a V two pattern that is very similar to the grind pattern that I wore. Uh, for the whitetail season and the elk season when we went out to New Mexico. Um, only difference with the V2 is it's got a little more green incorporated to it, and I felt that was necessary uh, this turkey season. So, yeah, I went ahead and pulled the trigger. Absolutely. Nothing wrong with that. Well, I, I did until forget it shows to up tomorrow. <laughs> and my <laughs> wife's like, hey, what's this? <laughs> for real. I, I, I did forget to tell y'all that my out, 
outdoor activity. I've mowed my yard twice over the last week. Oh, there twice? you go. Uh, don't know if y'all are at that point yet. No. Or not. Uh, I just mowed mine today for the first time. In northern Missouri, I am still a ways off of mowing. <laughs> I, seriously, guys, it is is barely it's barely in grass in the ground right now. Oh, uh, the the clover is grows pretty quick. You you can mow and an hour later go out and feel like it's already went grew a half inch. Uh so I I just try not to cut too low right now because I don't want to burn my yard up. But uh just looking here, I'm not gonna go in detail, just some little thumbnail headlines for from the uh Department of Conservation. There's there's a lot that the state is doing this month. Um there's a virtual fishing rod and reel maintenance program, April 10th. Uh, Parma Woods Shooting Range is offering a free outdoor skill class in April. Volunteers needed for Bash and Trash community event, April 22nd at Cape LaCruz Creek. Uh, there's a beginner's uh, turkey hunting at Bush Shooting Range on April 11th. There's a virtual barn owl study. April 18th, uh, there's Cape Nature Center free wild about water program starting in April. So there, there's a lot. Uh, there's native plants for home gardens April 15th at Gorman Discovery Center in Kansas City. So they're case for you. But there's a lot that the state has going on. Uh, be sure to go to their website, the Missouri Department of Conservation, and, and check it out because these are great ways to educate the youth. And if, if you're not an outdoors person, that's a great way for you to get educated uh, and pick up some hobbies. I, I feel like COVID really got a lot of people interested in the outdoors and I don't want to lose that momentum. Want to want to keep seeing it grow and build, especially with the younger generation. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. They do a great job with community outreach and education. So, yeah. All right, fellas. Well, that's about all I have for this episode. Y'all have anything else? No. Good boys. I think it's it. All righty. Was always M I Z Z O U. Go Tigers. Y'all take care. <laughs>